Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Colt, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way, she used to be in the dungeon, but no longer she has risen to the high ground. She <laughs> is the blonde bombshell herself, Anne Kerrigan. Hello! Yeah, I got upgraded. So, do you I, miss, the, miss the dungeon? dungeon? I, I don't miss the dungeon, actually, because no, there's spiders down there. So, uh, I so got what's, upgraded. What's the big with spiders? I don't mind spiders. I just kill them. So, you know, whatever. Oh. Well, there's crickets nice. down there, too. That's good. <laughs> but uh, I'm way up here on the uh, the top level now. So, you know, I've obviously, you know, made it to the top. The interesting story is you said crickets, which is a good thing because that'll take care of your spiders. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I worked for uh, McAllister Scientific way back in the day when I was going to college, uh, I found this giant spider, and I named him Gargantula, and I made him put him in this little box with a window in it and everything else. And oh. Yeah, he's my little pet, and uh, it was going away for the weekend, so I, I caught a, a cricket and put it in the the uh, box with him so he would have some food for, well, the thing. But when I came back on Monday... Gargantula was no more. Didn't work <laughs> but so the cricket well, was huh? fine. <laughs> cricket was uh, happy and satisfied, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well. So anyways, I, I, I see in the chat room. Uh, looks like we got the Phantom Mansion. I haven't seen those guys forever. Oh my goodness! Yay! Hi, Brian. Well, it and could Jerry. be Jerry, but it's probably Brian. Okay, well, hello, exactly. hello. We got a whole bunch of people in there. We have Stephen Scott. And we have All the way Nathan, from, uh, Scotland. John, we have Karen. Oh, wow. It's like old home week here. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we got a great show today. Uh, as usually, I was uh, looking for a guest. And, I, you know, I always like to get something different. And I remember back in my days when Ghost Chronicles first came out. And God, it was, what, 98, 98? I can't remember. But uh, we before my time, it, yeah. way before everybody's time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was before the internet, I think. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, we used to always do a thing called Ghost Hunters Spotlight. And that's one thing I kind of missed because it basically would highlight other groups and, you know, see how they uh, got involved and what they were doing. And, of course, back then it was like, you know, if you went on the internet, which was really new back then, mm-hmm. uh, there was probably 24 groups in the country, not as like 24 in any uh, city. So yeah, I know, things right? have changed. <laughs> yep. And they all have their own radio show. Hey. hey <laughs> but anyways, we we've do. got someone tonight, and uh, she is the uh, founder, I believe, of, uh, am I saying it's right, Spirit? S-P-I-R-T, that's Spirit, right? 
guy well, who thinks sort of, that. kind of, right? Spirit of PA, which the is... The general gist of it, yes. General gist of it. Anyways, and she is uh, Rebecca Brumble. Rebecca, you there? Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks Hi, for Rebecca. coming on. Hi. And yeah, it is spirit. I know we're missing an eye, but we we couldn't find another one, so we gave up. Right, there's, okay. no, there's no eye in team, I understand. <laughs> that would make a better story. No, I just just going for the lazy. We just gave up. Oh, yeah, it's the, close enough. Yeah. We all so know. I got the gist. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. uh, you are one of the founders, right? I am. Yes. Okay. When did the uh, the group start? Um, so we actually started in the year two thousand out in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. um, and it was a University of Pittsburgh college kind of organization. And then when I graduated. I moved back to Philadelphia, and nobody in Pittsburgh really wanted to keep the team, so I brought the team back. So in 2000, we were in Pittsburgh. In 2006, or nope, let me do that again. Yeah, in 2006, we moved to Philadelphia. So this iteration, 2006. All right. So I always like to find out is what led you down the path of being a paranormal investigator? Ah, yeah. So, um when I was about 12, my brother passed away and my brother or my mother started going to pretty much any and all psychics that she could find because she wanted to try and reconnect with my brother. And as a young kid, that's kind of impressionable on you as you, you kind of start looking at like, oh, what, what is this whole this whole world that's out there? And that that led me to, you know, kind of looking at psychics, and psychic mediums and, and reading books about haunted places and things. And then when I got to high school, I found out that, you know, this is something that people actually did. They actually go ghost hunting or, you know, investigating. Um, and I didn't actually start at that point, but I started looking into it a lot. And then um, I moved into a house that was fairly haunted, although I'm not sure if it was haunted. Or it was more just because my mother was opening all these doorways that she was, you know, kind of pulling things to the house. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's kind of still up for debate. We haven't quite figured that out yet. But um, <laughs> either way, it was a fairly active house and um, kind of led to a lot of first first interactions with spirits. And then I went off to college, found this great group. And ever since, it's been history. Wow. Okay. Nice. I was looking at your website and you have got a lot of investigations on here. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking, I'm looking at the list and I'm like, Ooh. really? Yeah, yeah. Is it, she? Um, if you go to their website, and we have that on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page, um, and click on Investigations, they've got a long list. I was looking for Williamsport because I was down there over the summer. Um, oh, I see, yeah. Motorcycle trip. So, But I don't see it on there, but it seems like it might be kind of a haunted area. And yeah, the other reason. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nope, so go ahead. So I'm not very familiar with that area now. Mm-hmm. You're not, or you are. I'm not. No. You're not. Oh, it's it's kind of um, it's a very historic area. It's right on the water. Um, I I think it's a few hours away from where um, you are in Philadelphia, um, but a lot of historic. Um, buildings and oh, I'm trying to remember the ho- big hotel that was there, but it was um, you know a lot of logging industry there because it was right on the water. Oh, definitely and, to dig into it then. Yeah, yeah, Williamsport. 
I got that down. Right. Okay. I will look into that. Let you know. <laughs> All right. And uh, you also uh, are now the owner of Pararex, is, is that correct? Yeah, so... Uh, <gasps> Dave, That's cool. Yeah, Dave Jones um, retired last year, and um, my husband Eric and I actually... Um, we, we say we like to say we inherited the station more so <laughs> than we... Because we, we took it over from him because, you know, we felt like this is something that's been going on for such a long time that we couldn't just let it retire with Dave. We had to keep it going, so... We stepped in, and we've been doing it now for just about a year. Oh, that's, that's congratulations! Excellent, that's great. Yeah, I, I love Dave. Dave was willing to uh, do different things, so I, I appreciate it. I, I, years and years ago, uh, we did the first uh, that we know of crossover between uh, Tojinet and Pararex, where uh, Marla Brooks and Stern, the quad, quad, Cauldron, Cauldron. There you oh, go. Okay. Um, we worked with her, and Maureen was my co-host at that time, and she she started the show, I believe, on Wednesday night, and uh, she was in studio, and Maureen and I walked the streets of Salem doing different things and interviewing people, and uh, then the next day on Pararex, uh, we did the same thing. So it was, it was kind of great that, you know, that, that there was no competition there. It was just like, you know, everybody working together, so it was kind of cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Marla's... Marla's still on the station. She's one of our longtime hosts, and we, we love her. So yep. Great. Actually, I'm scheduled for her show, I believe, next week. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, so, anyway, uh, what, another reason I called you on the show or asked you to come on the show was uh, I noticed, like, if you look at your list or two, there's a place on there that's been visited many, many times, and it's yeah. called Fort Mifflin, 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 whatever. Mifflin, yeah. So I, I was intrigued with that. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit of, of uh, how you got involved doing investigating there? And, uh, and you, you also have an event coming up with them, I believe, shortly, too. So, so I don't, go ahead. Yeah, so I actually found them um, when I first moved back to Philly after school. You know, I was looking for places to investigate, and they're one of those places that's been on, like, every single ghost show ever. Has mm -hmm. at some point been to Fort Mifflin. Um, so I, I knew the name. I had never been there, even though, you know, I'd, I'd grown up around the Philadelphia area, and I should have I should have known them, but unfortunately didn't. Um, and so I came back. I started looking for places to investigate. This name kept coming up. So I, I went over there for a volunteer day to help out with, um, like, a spring cleanup. And that was my first experience walking through the gates of that fort. Um, it's, I, I don't even know how to, it's breathtaking. It's spellbinding. It's amazing. You walk mm -hmm. through and you can feel the history pulsing through every brick that you walk over. Mm -hmm. um, you walk over to the parade ground, the buildings just kind of spill out in front of you and you can't help but get drawn into it. And I mean, from that moment, I, I was hooked. I volunteered every chance I could get. Um, I, I worked every ghost hunting event that they had that they needed people for. I I did everything. And I actually, um, just this past December, was asked to be part of their board of directors because I was there so ah. much. And they decided to give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So, That's nice. Yeah, it's, it's become part of my lifeblood. And um, I actually met my husband for the first time there. I got engaged there. Oh, um, oh wow. 
become a huge part of my life for sure. But it's, you know, that's, it's amazing. That's one of the things is, is that paranormal investigators don't get credit enough for us. Is they really do help so many of these historic locations through hard work and and, you know, everybody thinks, uh, oh, yeah, they're just here to make a million bucks or something, which is, uh, I'm still, uh, waiting. I'm, I'm still yes. waiting for my first million. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, right. it's, it's, it's all about preservation, which is totally awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I actually just recently, like I said, because I became part of the board, I was open to a lot more of kind of the, the back end of, of the fort. And I learned just how many volunteer hours the ghost hunting teams really do put in. You know, that they're there for every event. They, they come back for other events that aren't even ghost-related. They help with cleanup days. They're the first ones to help spread the word when, you know, something's going on. It, it, it's amazing. And it's such a tight community that, you know, it's kind of one of those, everybody hears about it the minute something happens. And it's, it's just fantastic. Again, it keeps sites like Mifflin open for everybody to enjoy. Now, they, in addition to the, the ghost thing, they, they run regular tours too, correct? Yeah, so the fort's open 10 to 4, Wednesday through Sunday, and Monday and Tuesday by opportunity only, which means sometimes people are there and sometimes they're not. <laughs> really? Um, so if you happen to drive by and the gates are open, you're welcome to come in. If they drive nice. by and they're closed, please don't crash the gate. Um, <laughs> we've had people do that. That's the sad part of it. Oh, but, that's um, terrible. People are but terrible. Yeah, so, most of the time, you can find somebody there, and they'll let you in to tour. And nice. um, during the weekends or during any event, they do have regular tours. Uh, usually, it's 12 and 2 available. There's always somebody either in the office or the gift shop who will give you a self-guided tour or answer any and all your questions. Um, but there's always somebody around. We also have a ghost who is our tour guide who likes to pop up every <laughs> once in a while when you're all by yourself in the fort and you have a question. Every once in a while, that that unknown tour guide pops up, and he likes to share his knowledge, too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we've had many people come back to the office after going on a tour and saying, oh, my God, that tour guide that you have in costume was amazing. And and go, there's only four people on staff today, and they're all in this office. Oh, wow. That's cool. I love that. I'm trying to put up um, a link for Fort Mifflin on our page. Is it fortmifflin.us? That's it. Yep. All right. That's on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. If anybody would like to Facebook learn more page. about, um, sorry, Facebook page, if anybody would like to learn more about the fort. And, and what's amazing, by the way, speaking of uh, spirits of Pennsylvania, is I was looking uh, at the thing and I saw, uh, and I almost uh, swallowed my tea or spit out my tea, I guess. <laughs> is that it said something about a MySpace page. Yeah, we still have it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I just never got around to taking it down. <laughs> that, that, uh, that's how long we've been around. <laughs> that, which is good. That's good. That's uh, you know that means you're not a. Uh, you know, I always get a kick out of a lot of these groups now. Is they uh, they, they start fairly recently, and then they'll say we have like a hundred years of experience. Uh, of course, it's combined, and they really don't say what the experience is. But uh, that's besides the point. Uh, anyway, so uh, you have been to Fort um, and Nif- uh, I can, I'm not going to say this right, am I? Ian? Mifflin. Yeah. Break it down, Mif- Mifflin. 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 Okay. Mifflin. Fort, okay. There you so go. You, right, right. You volunteer there many a times. You, you you run investigations here. So what's some of the the cool stuff that 
has occurred. Oh, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. The first time I went there, um, I was not leading an investigation. I was just hanging out. And there's several uh, bunk meets or bunk houses in the back that are called case meets. So they're these brick kind of arch-shaped rooms that are sunk into the walls. So mm-hmm. if you imagine, it's like a cave, but basically an arch shape with, with brickwork. Uh, pretty standard Revolutionary War style fort or uh, design. Mm-hmm. So I was back in one of the rooms, and now casemate number four is, I would say, about 15 feet deep, about five feet across. So not a very big space. And there's a spirit in there who tends to be a little cranky. <laughs> and so in my <laughs> infinite... to me. Yeah. <laughs> My infinite wisdom here, I decided that I was going to go back there and try and make him talk to me. And I challenged him in his space, which was not a good idea. And he actually gave me a black eye. (gasps) Um, What? Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. I was sitting there on a bench and there there was a woman with me and she said she felt her bench kind of start to shake, almost like a big truck was rolling by. And... She was like, so she, she stood up and she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of the room. I was like, okay. So she starts to get up to go and not five seconds after she stood up, you hear this loud bam, like somebody slammed a door. Mm-hmm. Now there are no doors on cases. They are just open archways. So there's, there was nothing to slam. And next thing I know, my head goes rocking back and I hit my head off the wall. And, you know, it's kind of like, all right, we're all going to go outside and get some air now. Oh, <laughs> wow. So I went outside and it looked like. It started out like a little red splotch, almost like, you know, somebody, you know, kind of hit me in a one little spot. Mm-hmm. And then by the next morning, it was a full-blown black eye. Oh, my God. Uh, that was 2006. And then in 2008, when I finally got the nerve to go back into that room, I went and apologized. And we're, we're, we're kind of at the, you stay on that side, I'll stay on this side, part of our relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's that's kind of frightening to actually come out with, you know, being beaten. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I was I was being kind of a jerk. I was I was definitely crossing lines that I shouldn't have crossed with. I was I was young. I was in my early twenties, and you know, at that point, you, nothing can hurt you. You know, you're invincible, and you know you know best. So mm-hmm. I, I went a little too far, and that's one of the stories I use to kind of tell people. You know, when, when they're starting to investigate the floor, you know, treat people with respect. And this is why. And I pull right. out the pictures. just is like, yeah, see, there's my face. <laughs> <laughs> so when you investigate a, a, a location like Fort Mifflin, and I said that properly, uh, is how do you do it? How, how does your team do it? Um, well, it depends on kind of what we're going after. Now, we've been to the fort so many times that we tend to use the fort to experiment new techniques mm-hmm. um we like to know, we know that like, okay, in this room certain things respond a certain way so let's try and say okay let's try our evp sessions a, a different way or let's try you know doing a different type of interaction and see if we get it we get new response but in general when we're trying to approach a place like this um i mean i guess we like to go in as i don't want to say blind because that's not entirely true but we like to go in kind of as open as possible you know yes there are stories and yes there are legends and yes there are common ghosts that pop up over and over and over again but at the same time i want to experience what there is to experience overall so i'm going to go to every room every nook every cranny that i can find and see if i can talk to somebody or something or whatever 
you know, because somebody might overlook that one closet. And so for some reason, that closet has a spirit in it. You never know. Mm-hmm. So I like to be the all-encompassing, cover every inch of ground as, you know, as much as possible kind of person. So um, let me, all right, so on that note, I mean, you talked about, uh, you know, the closet and the spirit. And in regards to that, do you feel that the spirits are are actually, like, tied to certain areas of the fort or... Uh, do you think uh, they can move around? I think they can move um, generally. I, I think so. But I, I do also feel like we experience the same spirit in certain areas. So mm-hmm. I think of it more as like a territory. Like they've staked claims that this is my spot and you can go over there and sit over there for a while. or You know what I mean? Like they've kind of staked out and said, like, this room belongs to this person. So I don't know. I see it more as like a territory thing versus they're okay. stuck there. Because I do, I do experience some of the spirits of the fort in other locations. Okay, so that's that's a good point. So you feel that they travel sometimes with you? Um, yeah, I've had people who actually have experienced them at home afterwards. Um, oh, oh. Where uh, they they profess to be sensitive or psychic, you know, depending on what term they want to use. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple people who emailed me and said, "Hey, by the way, I had a soldier follow me home, or I had a." you know, this person or that, that entity follow me home and I'm not sure. And then, you know, we kind of worked through, okay, let's go back to the fort and return them. <laughs> We're yeah. them home. Tell them to go home. Tell them not to follow you. Cause I mean, our, all the, the spirits of the fort for the most part are fairly friendly. You know, they can be cranky. They can be crotchy just like anybody else, but they are generally friendly. And, you know, if they followed you home, it's because they like you. It's not because they want to do it to you. Yeah. Hey. Oh, so, I don't know if I'd mind a soldier following me home. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> heaven, heaven knows you've had enough. Oh, ha ha! You're so funny. You're always telling the fleets and fleets and home. Oh, now stop! That's not nice. I never said it was nice. Happily married for a I long time. Yes, Just yes. don't go down that road. Come on. Anyway. Anywho, do you also find that when you do your public investigations and stuff that people bring their own spirits with them? Um, I've never experienced that personally. Um, I've heard of other people say that they, they think that that, that is a, a case. Um, I actually find that when you do public investigations, the spirits go away. Like, they don't want to be bothered. Really? Um, I've, I've had more than my fair share of events at the fort where people just, like, and I don't want to deter anybody from going to... Just remember, you have an event coming up. I'm yeah. not deterring anybody from going to any public <laughs> event because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I love the fort and the ghosts, and I can you know, go over on a Wednesday morning and make those happen. But I feel like sometimes when you have situations where people aren't there for the right reason, mm-hmm. the spirits know it and they go away. Um, and then sometimes you do get interaction. You're like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem normal with what we get. So maybe that is somebody else's, you know, kind of tag along spirit. That's possible. You know, what's um, really interesting is that um, I, I, I was uh, last year, I was chairman of the board for uh, Friends of Portsmouth have a lighthouse, and, and I'm on the board this year. But uh, we do haunted tours of the lighthouse and uh, Fort Constitution uh, to, as a fundraiser. And um, 
I found out that some of the, the best experiences that I've ever had were when I was doing these tours. Now, we're talking about, not talking really about investigation, although we call them investigative tours. Uh, and I'll have a paranormal experience, uh, a pretty profound one, when I'm just doing a tour. It's just like, uh, you know, they, they try to make themselves known for one particular reason, just to be a wise guy. I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I have found that in my past. Oh, absolutely. No, ghost tours different different conversation when we talk when i talk about paranormal investigation i'm talking about like the you know the public events that we do right around halloween where people who don't really know how to investigate mm -hmm. show up and try and investigate and i think the spirits know they're not in it for the right reasons and they show up to people that are really there for the right reason like they just want to be scared but for the ghost tour we do candlelight tours in october which oh, are cool. a lot of fun and mm. i think almost every single tour group gets spooked by something mm. um paranormal ends they have a great time and i think that at least in my experience the spirits are playing along they know that these people are here for ghost tours that they're here to, to you know kind of not be freaked out but they're there to experience the ghosts and these right. spirits play along with that versus the people that show up for the paranormal events and just the, not the right mood you know what i mean does that make sense mm -hmm. Absolutely. i get it yeah it's like salem you know it's like being up in salem and you've got all these Cool. People who are a little <laughs> inebriated, uh, yeah, um, a lot inebriated. And, um, um, you know, they're like heckling you, and yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, when people that show up in like a mini skirt in November, you're like, "What are you doing?" You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah, here yeah, for? Yeah. yeah. Still mini <laughs> Anyways, uh, my first experience, uh, not actually uh, as a a paranormal experience. My first experience with ghosts was uh, I took my son to uh, historic uh, Williamsburg and uh, Virginia, and they had uh, a candlelight ghost tour. And we were looking for something to do. I said, oh, let's do this. And that fascinated me. It always has stuck in my mind. It, nothing happened. Uh, it was just a tour, but I thought it was really so cool. And uh, it wasn't until you know, that I really got involved in the paranormal for, uh, whoops, there's a break. Whoa, so anyways, music. <laughs> yeah, paying attention, aren't I? Yeah. All right, we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojinet and Parax Radio. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future. 
then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Chronicles Next Generation with Ron. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yes, that wonderful theme to Van Helsing music. I know, always dancing around. So, welcome back. And we have our special guest this evening, Rebecca Brumble of Spirit of PA. Our Spirit of. Now that you interrupted me, Van Helsing, geez, whew, you blew my rhythm way off. Thanks. Oh, did I? Thank you. Yes, you did. Yep. You can't just jump in in the middle there. I've got that ADH thing. You so know. I'm grooving to the tunes. I know my cue. I come in right you on sure time. you know your cue? All of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. You sure you know your cue? It sounds like you jumped in before the music had breathed properly. Oh, okay. I'm just Whatever. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Well, what? Oh. Anyway, let's get back to anyway. the ghosties at the fort, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, go so ahead. How many, how many ghosts have you got down there, Rebecca? I mean, are there many? Are there um, you have to sign in or what? specific ones? Um, well, we have quite a few. We have what we call our battalion. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a few that are kind of, we'll call them our standouts, our stars. So, um, the most famous one that most people know about is the screaming lady. Um, and she is basically an unknown woman that just belts this blood curling ear piercing scream of like just pure terror. Um, I've heard it twice and it is terrifying. It sounds like somebody's being hurt. It's gotten to the point where our next door neighbor is the army corps of engineers and they've actually called the police thinking that someone oh, was on the property. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah um, it's it's blood curling. And then the weirdest thing about it, though, is that if you are in the officer's barracks, which is right next to the building where the scream originates from, you don't hear it, even though it's ah. a wide-open building. And I, you know, you can hear it from clear across the fort, you know, acres away, but in that building immediately next door, you can't hear a sound. <laughs> it's amazing. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, she's one of our, our most famous ones. The other the other ones that are kind of um, some of our more famous ones is that we do have William Howe down in our uh, Casemate 11, which is our solitary confinement. William mm-hmm. Howe was a Revolutionary War soldier who, um, depending on which version of the story you know, he either deserted or was labeled a deserter, even though he was sick and tried to go home. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so depending on which version of the story you read, if you read the official account, he was a deserter. Um, according to him, he was sick and wanted to go home and regroup in his bed. Um, he ended up tussling with the officer that came to arrest him. The officer was shot, so he was brought back to the fort to be hung for treason. Um, and he actually is the only person to ever be hung at the fort for treason. Wow. Um, That's so he, pretty terrible. Yeah. So he hangs out in our, in our solitary confinement. Um, if you ever watch the episode of Ghost Hunters with at the fort, that's Ooh. the um, that's <laughs> the face that pops up in the window that scares the pants off of Brent Wilson. Um, yeah. <laughs> he needs wow, you got, that, you got a real ghost to scare him? All we could get at Portsmouth Harbor was a couple of spiders. <laughs> yeah, no, this was a... <laughs> this is, we got a face in a window, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was our claim to fame for that one. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, but they're, they're good guys on there. And I hate to say it because, like I said, he, people go in there and they always go, oh, you're, you're you know, a treasonous soldier and you deserve to be down here. And you know what? He's the same guy that will help our tour guides. Because when you're walking around in Revolutionary War or Civil War garb, you have these mm-hmm. big flowing skirts on and things like that. Mm-hmm. He'll help you up and over the steps in the space to get really? into the set. Yeah, many of our female tour guides have reported that, you know, they're having a problem getting the skirts up and over. And next thing you know, there's somebody at their elbow, you know, just kind of guiding them up and over. Ooh, um, cool. So he actually seems to be quite a nice, you know, gentlemanly figure uh, when it's all said and done. So mm. we like. But if you go in there, you know, beating your chest and calling him a traitor, he's going to curse at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you're feeling that day. <laughs> oh, Wow. Well, it sounds like he kind of had a good reason to want to leave, you know. You're sick, yeah, you're going kind of to die. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. sad. The actual story, as far as we've been able to tell, is that he actually contracted some form of camp disease. Um, we think it was some form of pneumonia. Um, and the doctors at the camp basically told him, you know, you have this many months to go. Uh, and So we'll just help you along. We'll just hang you for desertion. Well, besides it, well, he wanted to go home and die at home with his family. Right. And they were like, no, you can't leave the army. You have to go shoot people. And That's so bad. he took off. And apparently the, the person that he shot when they came to arrest him was the local magistrate's son or oh, crap. nephew or something. Yeah. So he got a, a much thicker book thrown at him than would normally have happened. Uh. Yeah. So... He's kind of our tragic figure that we have mm-hmm, right. down in solitary. But he's, he is, like I said, he, he tends to be kind of a gentleman if you, you treat him properly. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Oh. So, so who else is there? Or you, have you got oh. more? Is that? Oh, there's, there's one. I can keep going. Um, <laughs> so another one of my personal favorites that I love talking to and, and interacting with is a spirit that we've come to call Michael. We don't know his real name. Um, but he seems to respond when you call him Michael, so we kind of adopted that name for him. Um, and he actually is a gopher. Um, that was his job in the army, as far as we've been able to oh, tell. Oh, I thought he was an animal. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. The too, hell, we no. got talking gophers now. No, I'm really confused. It's the best word ever. No, uh, no, he, uh, he, his job in the army, as far as we can tell, was a gopher. So Mifflin was a Civil War prison. Um, they housed both Confederate and Union soldiers mm-hmm. during that time, and they also housed civilian deserters. So 
um, there was quite a few people in and out of the, the case meets, which were the cell blocks at the time. And his job, as far as we've been able to tell, is to run the food from the mess hall to the people who were not allowed to leave their cells. Mm-hmm. So generally in a civil war prison, um, you were allowed to attend the mess hall when it was time for food, unless you did something that got you in trouble. And then you lost that privilege. And so his job was then to bring mess to anybody who was stuck in the cell blocks. Um, but he's great. You ask him to close doors, he closes doors. His favorite <laughs> thing to do is blow out candles. Um, <laughs> and he likes throwing quarters. We noticed that the last time we were in there, um, he actually threw quarters. Which was <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> we put a quarter on a table, and next thing you know, from the other side of the room, the quarter would come flying back at you. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I guess he thought it was a fun game. Um, as far as we can tell, he's on the younger side, probably like in his late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also think he might have been a little bit slow, um, like developmentally disabled, mm-hmm. just because of some of the responses and the answers that we've gotten and some of the way he interacts with people. Um, but he actually, he, he's one of my favorites to talk to because he's always, and he likes to laugh. <laughs> It's always so, good to have a jovial spirit, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Um, did your team use mediums at all or, or whatever, the sensitives, whatever you want to call them? Um, so we do have a clairaudient on our team and a, and a I don't want to say a medium, but a, a clairwind. It's not a dirty word, you know, you can say medium. No, I understand <laughs> that, but I mean, there, there's kind of that delineation between them and I, I don't like calling people things that they don't use. You know what I mean? Oh, like when they know. label themselves a certain way, that's kind of I like, have no problem. <laughs> Ron calls everybody everything, so. Whatever. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> so, yeah, we do have people that have, have um, professed sensitivities of varying types that we've brought with us. We don't okay. generally tend to bring them on other cases, but at the fort, you know, when it's experimentation time, we do. Really? Yeah. So why wouldn't you bring them on other cases? Because it's hard to back up what they say. And I feel like if you're coming into somebody's home, per se, you know, maybe not so much public buildings and things, but if someone's calling you into their house, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just my own personal feeling that, you know, I could come in there as a, as a, a medium or a psychic or whatever and mm-hmm. give you, you know, all kinds of, oh, you got a this, that, and the other thing. But if I can't back it up with something else, then mm-hmm. that's kind of a disservice to you because then you're stuck with just my word. Right, but he um, so doesn't have. Like, you don't have. She doesn't. The medium doesn't have to give that information out during the investigation, but can do it in, in a team meeting, and you still get the the benefit of having a medium without affecting the the homeowners or, or whoever the clients are as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'm I mean, not saying they don't go with us. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying they don't go with us and that they don't, you know, do their readings and things like that. I just tend to not include it. You know, when we're talking back to the homeowner, unless we have something to back it up, you know, if we got an mm-hmm. EVP or something that backs up an experience, even, you know, I'm not one of those that throws out personal experiences. I, I very much believe that if an investigator see heard felt something, I feel like that needs to be part of the, the evidence. Um, well, when you when you think about it, most paranormal experiences by your clients will be a see heal fear exactly. sign. It'll be an experience by them. Exactly. That, that's exactly why I include that stuff. I mean, a lot of people are big, oh, if it's not tangible, you have to throw it out. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. that way. You know, you I, know. I tend to include the, the personal experiences, but if I can get a personal experience to back up a psychic impression of some kind, then I'll include the psychic impression as well. Mm-hmm. I just tend not to rely solely on those. 
Mm-hmm. Right. No, anybody that does that is, is, is being remiss in their duties, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I remember when I first started doing this, uh, I didn't even believe in mediums and psychics. I thought they were all charlatans and, um, until I met uh, Maureen Wood, and then I realized uh, there was something involved in it, and she has to go on an investigation. I figured, well, what did I really have to lose since she was just another tool in my toolbox, the way I considered it? It was just, uh, you know, I... It, it's just more evidence uh, uh, one way or the other. It's just, like I said, another tool. But anyway, I didn't want to get into mediums too much, but I do. <laughs> so let me, let, let me ask you this $64,000 question, which is, of course, always rages in every paranormal discussion is, can you use a Ouija board at Fort Mifflin? Um, I actually have. Um, oh, there you go. Technically, okay. the fort does not permit it during investigations. That's really? Against, it's against their standing policy just because of the bad reputation that the, that the boards do have. And it's got nothing to do with what they believe the board does or does not do. Mm-hmm. It's more just, you know, you're also not allowed to light candles. You're not allowed to do prayer. I mean, there, there's a few things in their rules. That well, candles, I would understand since, it's a, you know, you could start a fire, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we're done our fort, yeah. Did well, you say prayer? You're not supposed to attempt to pray the spirits away, is, is kind of the idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. You You're not supposed to show them the light or anything like that? Yeah. Please don't cross uh, over our money. Yeah, don't send that. Uh, ghost, we need them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on here? We got yeah, really. Here. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a few things that they, they kind of frown upon, and Ouija boards are one of them, and simply because of the negative, you know, kind of reputation they have. It's got nothing to do with whether or not they believe that. Mm-hmm. Or brings any negative connotation to it. Because I'll be honest with you, there's nothing different between a Ouija board and an EVP. You're calling out sure. into the darkness and saying, whatever is there, answer me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I would bring one. <laughs> I never get a Ouija board to work. I feel like they're fun. But, you know, they don't do anything. <laughs> oh, whatever. That's kind of cool. Okay. Huh? So, what piece of equipment do you like to use? Um, you know what? At the fort specifically, I have recently been bringing a lot of military objects, which is not necessarily a piece of paranormal equipment per se, but so, they are so like triggering. a trigger object. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bringing a lot of triggers to to kind of spark different aspects. We brought one time we brought a bottle of scotch. One time we brought cigars. Oh yeah, <laughs> runs all over that. Cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of our investigators were tipping into the scotch by the end of the night, <laughs> um, but. You know, just to, to see what brought up different things. The one time we bought uh, dice and poker chips, that really brought up a lot of activity. I was surprised. Oh, cool. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, the chips were getting moved around. We got a lot of clinking noises. Um, we brought a pack of cards one time. The cards actually disappeared. We don't know if we lost them or if somebody stole them. Um, <laughs> but the cards disappeared. We had set them out on a table and they, they, won't, they disappeared. Um, but we also tried like military medals, insignias. Now we've noticed that the newer insignias, things from, you know, kind of modern era World War II on don't really do much. But if you're bringing something from an older period, they tend to spark a little bit more activity. So that's kind of what we've been playing with lately. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's brought out a lot of new spirits that I don't think we've interacted with before. And that's always fun. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I love this stuff. So, how big is Fort Miffin in as far as uh, areas to investigate? Um, so, the actual fort property is 20 acres. 
There's Ooh. 10 acres of actual fort. Yeah. Um, the fort is a standard star formation, um, yeah. which you'd see a lot of a lot of military forts are that standard star formation. Now, all the buildings in the fort, other than the casemates, are built 1860 or later. I'm sorry, 1820 or later, because we did have the bombardment of 1778, 77, 78, that actually leveled the fort, pretty much except for the, the freestanding walls. Mm-hmm. Um so all the buildings are later, but there are quite a few. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven original buildings. There's the entire one through five casemates. We have four external casemates. We have a World War One riverfront water battery. Oh wow! And mm. even have a giant parade ground. I'll be honest with you, the parade ground, so much activity. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like you would think a big field in the middle of a bunch of buildings doesn't do much for anybody, but that's where the Soldiers like to patrol. That's where we get a lot of drum cadences. Um, you get uh, dogs barking, kids playing, because you know at some point there were military families living on this base. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we know of at least three commandant's dogs that were buried on the floor of property that you know we think they play with the kids. Um, you know, so that that's one of the coolest places to be. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, who's that guy? And then there's just a soldier walking by. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sure. So, is Fort Mifflin uh, on the water? Yes, we are right on the Delaware River. So, how does and and of course I understand the airport is is nearby as well. How can you you especially in that location where, across the water because we all know that sound travels so easily across water. Like if you go to the beach or anything else, and you can you can pick up sound from you know far away. How, how do you distinguish between what is peril and what is paranormal and what is it it's very difficult at times um considering that a plane comes in every 12 minutes um oh, so it takes wow. a lot of work yeah and when you see the airport is nearby the airs the planes literally approach right over the port. um the the runway starts at the end of the porch driveway so oh they're, god they're that close. yeah <laughs> um you can wave at pilots it's fun um mm. But, I mean, just delineating that noise from everything else, we actually have learned to use that noise. So when the, the planes come in, we start making comments about cannonballs and things like that, because it makes that kind of that same boom sound that a cannon would make from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of tried to harness that and use that to stir up activity. Now, again, you say, you know, things carry the water. Absolutely. So right across the river from us is Camden. And Camden has a giant outdoor music venue. And quite often, you'll be there trying to do an investigation, and you hear the rhythmic thumping of whatever band is playing that evening. Um, Or there's quite a few riverfront restaurants on the water that have outdoor spaces that also do music and stuff like that. You know, you can carry over. You get a lot of traffic noise um, from I-95 that's right there, a lot of people, you know, from the military base. So really what it comes down to is inside the buildings, all that noise fades away. It's, it's amazing. The revolutionary war construction of some of these uh, casemates, you mm-hmm. walk through these thick, you know, thick brick walls. And all of a sudden, all the sound falls, falls away. Mm-hmm. Don't think here's the complaint. <laughs> but, you know, all the other stuff kind of falls away. Now, when you're outside in the parade ground, yeah, you have to be a little more discerning on what you find paranormal and what you don't. And sometimes it just comes down to context. Mm-hmm. You know, are they responding to you specifically? Is it just a bizarre noise? You know, and sometimes you have to throw away some stuff that might possibly be very good because you can't can't tell one way or the other. Right, mm-hmm. right. Hmm, that's tough. 
So I know we're coming to us at the end of the show, and I want to make sure that we get. Can you give out your website? I know it's posted on our page, but for those who are listening on iTunes Tunes or whatever, can you give out your website for us? Sure. So it's uh, spiritofpa.com. Um, and you can spell it with both eyes. <laughs> you'll, you'll find us either way. Um, and then also <laughs> the fort is fortmifflin.us. And you'll find all awesome. kinds of information about the fort there. And, and they can find out information if they want to go on one of these tours or investigations? Yeah, so the Fort Mifflin has an event page, and, and right there you can find uh, all the upcoming uh, Candlelight Ghost Tours, and then they list all their paranormal, they call them Sleep with the Ghosts or Paranormal <laughs> Friday, I think are the terms that they use. Oh, that's cool. And then you can also rent the Fort out privately if, you, if you're so... You can? Old. You can, oh. absolutely. And it's fairly uh, inexpensive. Oh. It's $90 a person. Uh-oh. <laughs> did, did I just sense a road trip brewing? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, Maybe. Well, if you're in the area, let me know. Long oh, yeah. ride. It's a long ride. And and speaking of long rides, I remember the name of the hotel in Williamsport. Um, it's the Janetti Hotel in Williamsport, PA. Awesome. So uh Janetti with a G. <laughs> Yeah, so what is it? It's uh, just a historic hotel in uh, Williamsport. Um, I looked it up. It was built in 1921. Uh, so, Does it have ghosts? That's the important thing. Uh, I ha- am seeing things online uh, that it is supposedly haunted. So I, I can't vouch for it. I've, I walked by it. I took pictures of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, and I did go and visit it, but I, I didn't know about any hauntings so oh bummer. yeah i couldn't have done it when i was there anyways you know with a big group of people but just worth looking into maybe there you go <laughs> so uh rebecca as far as uh your own investigating outside of the fort uh is there one case that comes to mind that you found uh outstanding um, yeah, there actually was a house up in North New Jersey, right outside of New York City, that has always impressed me as something that I will never forget. And it, it's simply because it was so consistent. We went to this house, and every time we were there, we were probably there, I would say, six or seven times. And every time we were there, at exactly the same time, the spirit did exactly the same thing. It would close the door, it would walk down the stairs, it would turn on the television. <laughs> walk up the stairs and it would close the door again. Go to bed. <laughs> it was like the most bizarre. You could unplug the television. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. If you unplug the television, not that. If you left the television plugged in, it would happen. And so we tried moving the television to a different spot. Same thing happened. And we tried opening the door so the door would close. You know what I mean? Like we tried setting everything up. We had cameras going. And I, would, I was, I feel like I've never seen that kind of, and it wasn't scary. It wasn't freaky. It was just like, this exact same thing every single time. That's crazy. You know, like it was bizarre. I've never heard of anything. And I've heard of, you know, residual haunts where the, you know, the same thing happens over and over again, but never at exactly the same moment. And it, it, like, you could literally predict it down to the second when things were going to happen. Now, <laughs> when we moved the TV and plugged it into a different, like we moved it and plugged it into a different outlet to see if that, you know, had anything to do with it. It mm-hmm. took a little longer because I guess he had to walk further to the television <laughs> Hey, who sat there and cried before we got to that? That was like, yeah, that was the only time that it changed in its tempo was when we moved the TV on. 
<laughs> we put things in its path. We try. Oh my god, it was crazy. And I will never forget that house. And that was it. It was just that one activity that had them call us, and that was the most bizarre thing I ever. Oh seen. my god, I wonder what I wonder what the story is behind that. Don't you wonder, like. Somebody had insomnia and they, they couldn't sleep at night, so they get up and watch TV and then they go back to bed. I mean, maybe it was you in a past life. It was, yeah, it was me. It was me. Just 3 a.m. Bing. <laughs> one, of the, one of the most intriguing cases that we had in, in regards to like a residual haunting was that a spirit was seen at a, a certain time on the, on the staircase all the time. And, uh, it happened at Christmas time, but they couldn't tell the days. It didn't show up like every day. It showed up certain times, but it was always, I mean, different days, but at always the same time. And it was around Christmas time, and they had poinsettias on the on the stairs. And uh, it happened to be, those poinsettias happened to be in the path of where the spirit was seen. And <laughs> the next morning, they were all dead. Oh, wow. Yep, the weirdest thing I've, I've ever heard huh. So, anyway, it's intriguing. So, uh, we are running about out of time, which I think we are coming up to the bell any second now. <laughs> Ron's not. counting down the minute, the seconds till pizza from the dead. I know. Yeah, we're not sure. There, there it is. we go. Yeah. Okay, now we know. Say- I just want to make sure my clock wasn't running off. Uh, I know, yeah. Plus, I, I got mixed messages from uh, the producer, <laughs> so I wasn't quite sure. So, anyways, I guess today on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anna Ron has been Rebecca Brumble. And I said her name right. How do you like that? How about that? And, and we want to thank you so much for being with us on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was great. Yeah, and you, you also have your own show, too, I understand. Uh, yeah, Monday nights at 9 o'clock on Parax Radio. I host the Shadows Radio. Shadows Radio. Awesome. So you have, do you have the voice of the shadow open the show? Or? No, it's just me. Uh, <laughs> I'm very scary on my own. Do you even know what the voice of the shadow is? She's too young. Yeah, sorry, no. She's too you young. For yeah, it, it was an old, old-time old radio show. I don't even know what it is. So What? Mm. But, well, I guess we all can't be... 110. That's right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it was cool. It was that was back in the day when radio was all it was. And sit around the radio and listen to these cool things. And uh, the shadow was one of them. And they would always have the same opening. If you go on uh, YouTube, there must be a freaking opening for this anyway somewhere. I'm sure. That you right. Can, I guess. So you anyways, uh, you could lift it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I do want to remind everybody that uh, just about four weeks now, I, guess, I believe, is Spirit yes. Quest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Houdini and Doyle, which will be held. This is our fifth Spirit Quest. Uh, Steve Parsons will join us once again. So time's just about. Rebecca, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with Pararex. And, and thank you for hosting us, too, by the way. Our pleasure. Great. So there it is. There's the tunes. Time to go. So until next time, or, or as Steve liked to say, we got away with that one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, good night and God bless. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.